Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us on I Want to Be A here on LJN Radio. Now, this show looks to give you the inside information into landing a job in really any specific field you might be interested in and, of course, hopefully thriving in it. This is part two of I Want to Be a School Counselor with our guest, Mindy Willard, the 2013 School Counselor of the Year. And we pick up our conversation talking about Mindy's purpose as a counselor, as well as looking to dispel some myths that may be floating around. Now, with, with the different, you know, sort of parts to this job, I guess, how, how do you really describe your role, your purpose as a school counselor? And again, understanding that if you're in a different location, if you're at the high school level, right. you might see it differently. But for yourself, yeah. with some of the you know ideas and, and, and things that you do on your daily basis, how do you see yourself as, as your purpose? Well, I, I think the purpose is universal of a school counselor. Our purpose is to kind of facilitate the career, the personal, social, and the academic growth of all of our students. School counselors are there to reach all the students, not just the 30 kids in front of them. So I work with all 650 students in my school, and I want to make an impact in their lives. And maybe 10 years from now, they won't remember that it was me who did this (laughs) or put this seed in their head. But just knowing that I've got them thinking about things and, and helping to build their confidence when it comes to being a learner, you know, and it went, it, we're working toward the same thing as other educators in that academic growth, but we're also focused on their personal and their social well-being. And so I think that's pretty universal for any school counselor is in those three areas are what we, we mainly focus on. So then what would you pitch to uh, somebody maybe who's looking at this field as, as reasons you love this career? Oh, gosh. I love the variety. I love elementary counseling because I get to do counseling. And when I was in graduate school and I was learning more about what high school counselors did, a lot of times they they do more of the career planning, Mm -hmm. the scheduling, the testing, and that just wasn't what I wanted to do. Now, half the students in my program, that is what they wanted to do. And that's fine. I really wanted to get into the counseling part and spend time with the students. So I love at my, I get to play at work with kids. So I, I'm looking around my room right now and I, I have a king's hat and a, a, a Hawaiian lei just laying around. I have dress up clothes. I have a robot. I have balloons and <laughs> balls and all kinds of things. And so that's nice with the variety of working with kindergarten to eighth grade is that I, I get to play and I get to have fun with kids, but I'm also teaching them some life skills that they're going to need for the rest of their lives. Those social skills um, that are so important with their relationships with others. And I think that's really nice is just to know that I'm helping to build that foundation for the kids um, as they grow older to to utilize those skills that I've ingrained in them. So on the flip side, what what would be sort of maybe something you you dislike or something you do find extremely challenging, not to scare off anyone listening, but just so they understand (laughs) that there are, you know, it's not all, uh, you know, playing court, wearing Um, Hawaiian ways. Well, you know, it's. We do. I do deal with some very serious topics, as I shared before. So knowing that you you're going to have some tough days, and you know when you're working with children, there's a lot of grief involved, and when they're experiencing the death of a loved one, that's really hard. Um, one of the hardest things I deal with is I, I do all of our child abuse reporting mm-hmm. at our school, so we're mandated reporters. So if something happens, if a kid tells us something or anything, we do have to make those reports, and that's really tough. Um, but I think even tougher than that is not just the role of school counselor, but working in education in general. Educators have hearts of gold, and we love what we do. Um, but sometimes politicians don't make it easy. <laughs> and so I think just dealing with the politics of education and the funding toward education um, is hard. And 
you know, in recent years, educators have really had to defend ourselves and what we do. I feel like we've been seen as bad guys for some reason. It doesn't make sense to me. I've not met a bad guy teacher yet that, you know, that you don't come into this profession because you dislike students or dislike people. Sure. But unfortunately, you know, we, we've kind of gotten a bad rap lately. And I think that's what makes it harder is we're doing something that we love, that we think is so good for children and so good for our society. And um, other people don't view it as important as we do. But there are plenty of people who do view it. It is Teacher Appreciation Week, so I'm seeing lots of appreciations all over the city and the state for our our teachers as well. So I think it's um, there's both sides, but I think dealing with the politics of education and the lack of resources that we have is is really more stressful than any child abuse situation I've had to deal with. <laughs> no, and uh, yeah, I, I understand that you know obviously there it's more unfortunately there's more that goes into it than just you know teaching the kids and that kind of thing. And right, as I mentioned, right. I actually I actually did teach for a couple of years, and I said I never appreciated any teacher more than after I did it for a couple of years. Um, yeah, <laughs> after being at a different job, and I'm just like, wow, this is uh, this is a lot right. tougher than I ever thought it was as a kid. So, right, yeah, um, it's exhausting. So, I mean, with the, that emotional side, I mean, does it get taxing? Is it ever a time where you just feel like, oh, I don't know if I can do this? It's just maybe you had a, a, a rough week where there were some, you know, unfortunate incidents. Does it get to that point or could you oh, at least yeah. see it happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely happens. And especially at the beginning of your career, it's really hard. You do go home thinking about it, thinking about a kid, um, wondering what was going on. You know, I worked late into the evening hours when there's a crisis situation. Mm-hmm. My day doesn't end at four o'clock when the bell rings. If, if I'm dealing with a situation with a family or a child who's run away or anything, you know, I've definitely been here late into the evening hours or on weekends, um, making sure that our students are safe. And so that stuff does get very hard. And any, anyone who works in the mental health profession or even in education, those, those kids' stories go home with us. And you have to learn to, to try to leave it at work. Otherwise, you're just going to exhaust yourself. So I might get home and I'll talk with my husband for a little while about it, or I don't talk about it for a while, maybe bring it up at dinner, um, just to kind of get it out and to have someone to talk to about Mm -hmm. it. And then I move on and I spend time with my children and, and I, I focus on my family and something else. And, you know, before I had my family, I was, I would, you know, go out with a friend or go to the gym or just do something to kind of get my mind off of it because it can definitely be overwhelming for a lot of people. Now, as you, you mentioned early on in the in the piece, um, you know the idea that there's this it's education side of it as well as the psychology side. Obviously, with, sure. with getting the masters, you know we sort of have to ask because our job seekers are curious. And you hear the education thing, and immediately a lot of people think of of low pay for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you look at the compensation? What's sort of the general range that you could give people just to to understand okay. what they would be getting into sure. if they are going this route? I guess, again, this is something that varies depending on sure. state and depending on districts that you're in. So it's a great question to bring up once you're offered a job or in an interview just to have a ballpark idea of what they make. I would say typically school counselors make a little more than classroom teachers, mm-hmm. although I've heard in lots of districts they're on the exact same pay scale okay. as a teacher. So that's something you want to find out uh, maybe even in advance. And, and all of that information should be public knowledge. You can find on their website or somehow pretty easily what their pay scales are. I would say on average, I think the school counselor's average pay would be about forty-five to 50000 Okay. And that's after um, several years of experience. Beginning um, would probably be between thirty to 35000 And then in, in terms of uh, like 
increase or as you go on? I mean, is it, you know, I know there's a lot of discussion about that with with teachers across the country in terms of performance based versus just, you know, having the Mm -hmm. experience, that kind of thing. How does that work with a counselor? Are there, are there, again, I know it may vary, but what have you seen or heard in terms of of increasing that as you move forward? Right. Um, It definitely varies. I know in our district, our teachers can take extra college courses and move up on the pay scale. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's not available for school counselors. (laughs) But we come in with a master's degree as well. And a lot of times teachers come in with a bachelor's degree. So the way that I earn a little extra money is by sponsoring clubs and different organizations at school. Um, After school activities, there's a way to earn some money and have some fun doing that. Also, when you have your master's degree, you're eligible to teach at um, local um, community colleges. Mm -hmm. So a lot of school counselors might go to the local community colleges and, and teach some classes as well for extra money. Um, it just depends on on the district, honestly, and that is so varied. It's hard to to say, you know, an overall sure way for counselors to earn that extra income. But that's that's how we do it here. Yeah, no, and <laughs> so. I think again, just even those little tidbits that that you said sure. there, you know, I think that any any little bit just helps get people an right. idea of yep. other options, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. How about you know you mentioned also that maybe sometimes teachers and just education in general have gotten a bad rap. Uh, any myths mm-hmm. you would want to bust in terms of maybe what people think of a, a school counselor and what you may or may <laughs> not be doing really in there? Yeah, I, you know, a lot of adults think that school counseling is the same as it was when they were in high school in the '80s or the '70s. You know, <laughs> and the profession itself has just evolved and changed so much. Even in the last, I've only been doing this nine years, and it's changed a lot since then. Um, so the school counselor that their parents had is not the same school counselor that that's out there today. And I think the myth, um, you know, I remember when I was in high school or even college, people would say, well, school counselors, that's the teachers who are just ready to retire. So they quit teaching and they become a school counselor <laughs> and just hang out in their office waiting, waiting to retire. And, you know, I've also heard that we just sit in our office and wait for kids to come to us. And, you know, it's definitely not the case. As I said, I spend half my day in the classroom with students mm-hmm. and, and seeking the students out. Uh, so there's there's definitely some myths to what school counselors do. And unfortunately, I hear they just had a, an education summit here in Arizona. And the, the kids were saying that, you know, my school counselor wasn't available to me. I, I don't know anything about scholarships. I don't know anything about what I need to do to get into college. And unfortunately, the reason behind that, it's not because of lazy school counselors. It's the fact that our ratios are so out of control right now. Mm-hmm. In Arizona, the average ratio is one school counselor for every 860 students. Ouch. So, um, yeah, it's hard to stay on top of things with 860 kids. Obviously, I can't meet with each of them individually. Those things do sometimes fall through the cracks unless a student comes to you and they're proactive about it then, you know, I have the information. I just can't disseminate it to every individual student or the counselors do it in a school-wide assembly or through classroom lessons to try to reach more students with the um, the resources that we have. So your counselors definitely have that information and you just have to go to them and, and you know, they will more than be more than happy to share it with you. Now, with all this stuff, obviously, you, you've given us a lot of different information and, uh, you know, and, and good advice, too, just little things here or there. But if you were going to sort of look to wrap it up and you're talking to job seekers out there who are possibly interested in this field, I guess what what's the one or two things you'd really want them to know that would help them in terms of advice to, to either get the job or, or, or be successful in this position? I think the thing I tell, I've had several interns um, that are college students, and I tell them the best thing I ever did was substitute teach. Hmm. If you want to work in a school and you want to get an idea of what it's like to work in a school or to work with students, 
substitute teach if you can, if your schedule allows it. Uh, most districts, you only you have to have a bachelor's degree in anything to be a substitute teacher, but it, it's just great to have on your resume, and it, it shows the district that you're serious about working with children and that you're willing to to do whatever it takes to have that experience. It also helps you to become familiar with the school lingo and to know what what things are happening within education in general if you're working with it, within the schools. Um, so that's my first piece of advice. If you're if at all you can, try to substitute teach. The next thing is to find someone, a mentor, to find someone who's already in the profession, or if you're young in the profession, to find somebody who's been doing it for a while and just kind of ask them to take you under their wing and guide you. And I think that's the best thing I did. I kind of formed an informal mentorship with another counselor in our district. And um, she's been a school counselor for twice as many years as I have. Mm -hmm. And you know, it was never a formal thing, but she kind of took me under her wing. And um, there's even a joke that, you know, I'm her daughter. She's my mother. There's <laughs> that big of an age difference, but she's also like a best friend to me. So it's just funny um, when you find someone like that to to bounce ideas off of, to get advice from. It's just really helpful because it can be a lonely job. I'm the only school counselor in my school. So mm -hmm. unlike a teacher who just opens the door and there's another teacher I don't have another school counselor here with me during the day to bounce ideas off of or to get feedback from. So it's important to find someone, whether it's in your district, in your state, or you know anywhere that you can just call or email to get some, some help from. I definitely think more sound advice there on both fronts. Uh, we do appreciate Great. that. And unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap things up here on I Want to Be a School Counselor uh, here on LJN Radio. Our expert guest has been Mindy Willard. Uh, once again, the 2013 School Counselor of the Year. Not a bad title to have for yourself. Uh, Mindy, thanks again for joining us. Again, we, we do appreciate your insight and perspective on all of this. Okay, thank you for having me. Of course, we want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Just let us know what other jobs you're interested in learning about. You can just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. If you have any comments or suggestions, really, for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>